the Bakery and Snack Chat podcast, and I'm Jill Hisler, editor of bakeryandsnacks.com. Today I'm joined by Professor Glenn Gaser, director of the Healthy Lifestyles Research Center at Arizona State University, to chat about his new study, which controversially claims that refined grains have gotten a bad rap and are not associated with any of the chronic diseases to which they are usually attributed. In fact, he even claims that the call by health experts to make half our daily grain intake from whole grains could in fact cause consumers to overlook critical nutrients. We talked to him to find out more and what ramifications these claims could have for the bakery industry. The current dietary guidelines are primarily based upon research that assessed dietary patterns and their effects on health. So, for example, a common dietary pattern that is associated with increased risk of chronic diseases is what is called a Western or uh, imprudent unhealthy dietary pattern. And this dietary pattern includes a number of foods, among which include red and processed meats, sugar-sweetened beverages, high-fat dairy products, french fries, and they also include refined grains. So when you look at studies that have examined the associations between chronic diseases such as heart disease or diabetes, they typically show an increased risk of having these diseases when you consume this dietary pattern that I just described. And this is the problem, because what I did was I went through the literature and looked at all the studies that basically examined refined grains as a separate food group. That's distinct from the Western dietary pattern. When you look at the studies that just look at refined grains as a separate food group, they do not show any association with increased risk of any of these chronic diseases for which they are usually blamed. So refined grains have gotten a bad rap basically because they've been lumped in with a dietary pattern that is unhealthy. But the refined grains themselves do not appear to be associated with any increased risk. Please could you explain how dietary guidance on refined grains became so misguided? Well, it became misguided because the refined grains and looking at them as a health risk was based entirely on including refined grains in a dietary pattern. So there is no way to really distinguish the separate effects of the refined grains or the red and processed meat or the high-fat dairy or the sugar-sweetened beverages. There is no way to really tease out which one of those or which ones of those dietary patterns or the ingredients in there, which ones were actually to blame for the increased health risk. So the guidelines are based upon food patterns. They're dietary patterns and not eating separate distinct food groups. So that's the problem. And so it's not a matter of essentially why refined grains were deemed to be unhealthy. There was no effort made to find out whether or not refined grains were the major contributing cause of the bad health associated with the Western dietary pattern. So does this mean that old favorites like white bread, cookies, donuts, and pizza can be put back on the diet plan? 
Well, if you look at the research, it's difficult to make a categorical statement because refined grains in most of the studies, or virtually actually all the studies that I looked at, refined grains were defined so as to include both your staple grain foods like breads and cereals and pastas, but they were also including indulgent grain foods such as cakes, cookies, donuts, even pizza is included as a refined grain. So I hesitate to say, yes, it's okay now to eat donuts or cakes or cookies, but the research would suggest that at least some of those could be included in a healthy dietary pattern. What is the difference, in your opinion, between enriched grains and refined grains? So we've had enrichment and fortification that add back in important B vitamins, including you know, folic acid and iron has been added. And these enrichment fortification processes basically add back in some of the shortfall nutrients that are essential to good health. So if individuals totally replaced all refined grains with whole grains, they might run the risk of having some of these shortfall nutrients not being adequately consumed. So that's the problem that one might face with trying to eliminate all refined grains because most refined grains are enriched and so they do have nutritional value. So what your message really is here is that uh, the consumers should mix it up and eat both refined grains, which are fortified, as well as whole grains. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the U.S. Dietary Guidelines basically suggest that individuals should consume at least half of their grain consumption as whole grains. And I agree with the recommendation to consume more whole grains because the evidence is quite clear that the association between whole grain intake and health outcomes is quite favorable for the whole grains. I mean, they're associated with reduced risk of virtually all major chronic diseases, especially cardiovascular disease and diabetes and certain cancers. So the fact that Americans consume so few whole grains, less than one serving a day on average, when the recommendation is to have at least three servings a day, the recommendation to consume more whole grains is certainly well-founded. And I don't want to detract from that message. But I think the message that we should reduce our intake of refined grains is based upon misguided information that's largely based upon analysis of dietary patterns. So I think probably the best message would be consume more whole grains. Definitely make an effort to consume more whole grains. But I don't think there should be any specific message about trying to reduce the intake of refined grains. It does not appear to be associated with any adverse health outcomes. How do you think your findings will be accepted by the health industry? That's a tough call. I think the health industry, you know, dietitians, perhaps physicians and other health professionals may view this with some skepticism. I think the evidence is very clear that when refined grains are considered as a separate food group, they're not associated with any of these poor health outcomes. So I think there may be some reluctance to accept this on the part of the medical health scientific communities, but I think certainly the baking industry would embrace the findings because it basically shows that Many of their products pose no risk to the health of the individuals who consume them. And how do you think this message could shape future consumption trends? 
Oh, I don't know that it's going to have much of an effect on consumption trends. And the reason I say that is because dietary guidelines have been issued for decades now, and they don't appear to have any major effect upon how the average person eats. So, for example, the whole grain message has been out there for decades, and yet we still fall well short of the recommendations. So I think people pretty much eat what they like to eat, and it's based upon convenience and taste and price and so forth. So I think it might not have much of an effect upon what people eat. It could have an effect upon how messages are delivered to the public, particularly if the U.S. dietary guidelines, for example, takes a look at this carefully and perhaps alters the message a little bit without so much of an effort upon trying to get people to consume fewer refined grains, but just more whole grains and not necessarily a specific recommendation for the refined grains. How long did you work on the study? The actual writing of this paper took over the course of about a year. One phase of the study was just a background literature research project that I did just trying to identify trends in the research on grains in general. And then once I noticed the pattern emerged with regard to the refined grains, I spent about a couple months just focusing specifically on the contents of what later became the paper. What actually prompted you to undertake this study? Well, actually, it goes back several years. The last time the U.S. dietary guidelines were released in 2015, I was actually invited to provide oral comments at a meeting in Bethesda at the National Institutes of Health in March of 2015 on behalf of the grain chain. And I basically presented uh, three minutes of oral testimony. That's all individuals were allowed talking about these very same points about refined grains. And so at that time, I knew that refined grains had been unfairly characterized as unhealthy based upon literature that had been published at that time. It wasn't until a few years later when I did a more deep dive into the literature, I found several new meta-analyses of the effects of refined grains on health that I thought that, wow, there's really something here, even more powerful, that was not available in 2015. So that is when I decided about a year ago to really go into this in much more in-depth, and the results of the meta-analyses are rather compelling. So it started actually about four or five years ago. And how was the Grain Foods Foundation involved? Well, what happened was I initially did this work on the literature review on behalf of the Wheat Foods Council. Once I completed that project, they shared some of it with the Grain Foods Foundation, and I basically suggested that you know, there's such a vast body of evidence here that's been published, it might be worthwhile trying to actually write a paper for publication, not just a white paper for the Wheat Foods Council and Grain Foods Foundation, but actually try to get something published in a scientific journal. And both of those entities, GFF and the Wheat Foods Council, agreed, and they said, go ahead and do that. And so I basically, on behalf of both of those nonprofits, went ahead last summer 
and started to put together the paper and submitted it for publication in early fall. I think it was sometime in September that I actually submitted it for publication. It was accepted right around November 1st. That is in Advances in Nutrition. Yeah, Advances in Nutrition, right. And I selected that journal because, one, it's a very high-profile journal. It's one of the top-ranked nutrition journals in the world. It has a very high impact factor. And they also have a special type of article, which is called a perspective, which is basically a review on a special topic of high interest to the scientific community. And so I thought that might be a perfect way to highlight such a topic, such as refined grains, basically asking the question of whether or not it's really the refined grains or maybe it's just the other food groups they're associated with. So the nice thing about the article is that when it appears in the next issue of, it's already been published online ahead of normal publication schedule. It's a journal that is published six times a year. I think the next issue comes out in May. And when these perspectives are published, they appear first in the table of contents. So, you know, it's kind of a high profile publication and the people who see the table of contents will see the perspectives first. So it's something that will probably gain a lot of attention, certainly when it comes out in its publication form in May. Where to from here? I think we'll probably wait and see what kind of reception it gets. I do have some plans to take a little bit deeper analysis on some of the specific diseases for which refined grains has been linked to, such as the heart disease and diabetes, and may try to expand the literature analysis, focusing more on the individual chronic diseases and perhaps try to get more publications. Advances Nutrition is a journal primarily for the nutrition field. I would hope to try to maybe get this into some of the journals that focus on cardiovascular disease or diabetes. And so there might be some possibility of pursuing that. I'm the sole author of this paper, and I'm also on the scientific advisory board of the Grain Foods Foundation and the Wheat Foods Council. And that is why the scientific article that, you know, the actual article that I wrote, Every single piece of evidence in there in all the tables, all the numbers, all the actual values that I use to present my case are not altered at all. They are the numbers that are taken directly from the initial publication. So mine is a review article, and I did not interpret any of the information published previously. I just basically reported the original research and their outcomes exactly as the other researchers reported them. So it's not my interpretation of the results, it's actually the findings of the other papers.